Welcome to the weekly episode of the Freelancer Codex Podcast. Your hosts, Stephen, and co-hosts Mike, Devin, and JD are all set. Join us and tweet your questions at Freelancer Codex. Find us on Facebook at Freelancer Codex. Or send emails to freelancercodex at gmail.com. Strap into your javelins and let's drop in. Welcome, freelancers, to episode 65 of the longest-running Anthem podcast on the internet. And the internet's been around for a long time, so that's saying something. I'm your host, Steve, along with my co-hosts, Mike, Devin, and JD. Guys, Feliz Navidad. How are you guys doing? How's you guys doing good? Doing great. How are you? I'm, I'm, we're, we're all fine here. Um, we're all fine here. Uh, how are you? Hey. Just got to double check. Slip right in here. I'm doing what's, great. What's your operating um, number? Boring conversation we're anyway. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> it is 71 days until the launch of Anthem. I don't believe dun, you. Dun, dun. That means. Did you do this math? I, I did do the math. math I actually had this Excel sheet do my math because I get confused all the time. There's only 64 days until you can play it one week early through Origin Access Premiere on the personal computing system. Um, you can also play for 10 hours on that same day, 64 days from now, on the 15th of February through EA Access on your Xbox and your PC. Sorry, PlayStation, you're not getting that. Um, I don't even think you're getting the game. I don't think it's being released on the PlayStation 4. Um, there's Ooh, been actually a lot of there's actually, there's actually been a lot of questions on Twitter lately asking if, hey, is this game coming out for the PC? Is this coming out for the PlayStation 4? The answer to all those questions is yes. It is not coming out on the Switch, unfortunately. But you'll be able to play it on PC, Xbox, and PlayStation 4. The demo that is releasing on February the 1st is only 50 days away. And I know last week we talked about the um, demo coming out on January 25th. And we were led to believe that that was incorrect information. It was incorrect information for the demo. But then they announced a VIP demo that will be available to everyone that pre-orders. Everyone that is signed up through Origin Access Premiere, um, you will have access to a demo that happens on January 25th. And I believe they said that the demo on the 1st goes from the 1st to the 3rd. So I'm assuming the VIP demo is also going to go three days. Devin shakes his head no. So it's going to be two (coughs) days only for the VIPs. 25th, 26th. And um, your progress will not transfer over. And we can... And we could talk about a lot of progression later, but first, I don't, I want to know like how many how many of you broke your um your your NDAs? No, Mike changed the question on me here, and every time I've got a question, Mike like goes in, shadow types it in. It's what you do. It's I understand. Well, it maybe, is what I do. Maybe I don't want to get to know you guys anyway, so I really don't. <laughs> no, we're just gonna skip over. What it. NDAs are you talking about, Stephen? So. I, I will talk about this, and I'll, I will risk my um, getting all the content taken away from me personally so you guys don't have to talk about it. Last weekend, there was an alpha that mm-hmm. happened. I believe everyone knows that there was an alpha taking place, and that's not part of the NDA because every site um, was talking about it, um, and that happened, and that's all you can really say about it. You can say that it happened. Mm-hmm. You are able to say if you actually got into the alpha, but according to the EULA that you, everyone signed upon getting in, you're not allowed to talk about it at all. You can say you're in. You can share that link with a couple of friends. But other than that, you're breaking a- like NDA if you're talking about it. So everyone on YouTube 
comments. You're breaking NDA. I mean, there's like thousands of people that are like <laughs> talking about details of the game. It's like seriously, guys. I Way mean, too many. I, I guess. I guess you know when you talk Still about alpha test. Up. Yeah, you talk about alpha test, beta test. It's like. You guys, you know, you're not supposed to be able to share this. I mean, if you read the stuff that you actually sign up for, but I guess that's an issue with, you know, we, we sign up, sign so many EULAs by just clicking a check mark, scrolling down through things that you don't even read it. You're just trying to get to whatever content you're trying to access that you don't even know what you're signing, right? And that's just kind of, it's just kind of what we do nowadays. We don't read anything. We're just like, oh, I'm sure there's nothing wrong in here. I'm just going to go click it away. There's no way that they can revoke my access if I talk about it. So. Great stuff. Anyway, that thing wait, happened wait, behind us. Okay. Wait. Okay. Devin. I have a funny story. Please tell. tell. Stepping in. Well, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't written in here, so I didn't know that you had a story. But hey. carry on. Hey, we're winging it. Right? Okay. That's what we do. No, so about signing things, you don't, you don't read, you know. So I was doing training at work the other day. There's about uh, 30 people I was training for a new uh, safety procedure. And at the very end, there was a place where people could sign but it wasn't for people to sign it was for me to sign and give a revision date for the document that i created and all 30 of these people just signed it and turned the paper in didn't even read what the crap said and i'm like all of you are idiots <laughs> they're like what i was like why did any of you sign this paper it has no- it doesn't say sign here it says you know rso signature and revision date and they're like, oh, it's like, because I'm guessing this is probably like a again. It's probably like a federal document, right? That can't be forged, yeah. and they're signing it in the wrong yeah. spot. Yeah, well, there's nothing for them to sign other than the sign-in sheet, the log that says they were there for this training course that we did at five fifty in the morning till six fifty. Nice. <laughs> and uh, before our regular safety meeting, and they're all just like, what? <laughs> but they do that all the time. You just put a piece of paper in front of them. They're like, oh, there's two lines. I guess got to sign here. I didn't read anything, but I'm going to sign this. So what you're, if you agree to the terms and conditions. So what you're saying is... If you read the terms and conditions. So we need to read everything that we're signing online. Yeah, I mean, the checkbox, the checkbox is a digital agreement that you are agreeing mm-hmm. to everything. So maybe you should read it. I mean, no one reads the iTunes one. And that thing, I think you have to scroll for like five minutes before you get to the bottom of it. So I don't even know what I'm signing for iTunes. But anyway, don't break no, NDA. Don't lose your stuff. <laughs> so all kinds of stuff. So carrying on. Also, you know, something that we learned this week that we finally got a rating for Anthem. So it is rated <laughs> T for teen. So... <laughs> I think we all kind of knew that it was going to be rated T for teen. That's kind of the spot to where you can get it out to the most amount of people to buy your game. Um, so, yeah, you're T for teen. There's no nudity, so. Unless you get all on that mod stuff. So, I'm sure you can put it in as much as you want, Devin, once you start modding the game. Wood javelin? That's a special gear slot. A different kind of wood wow. that I was thinking about. Okay, so we had an interview. You know, we, we've been trying to get John Warner on the show for a long time. He's been avoiding my calls like crazy. I was finally able to track him down despite having like a restraining order. And we got him to, to come on the show. So right now, we are going to play an interview that we recorded early in the day with John Warner. So freelancers, now we would like to welcome a very special guest onto the show. Uh, John Warner, director of the game Anthem. And John, do you actually have a director's chair? Like one of those comfortable chairs you see all the time that you get to sit in? Yeah. 
Yeah, that I, I just sit in that. I perch in my office and uh, point at things. Hey, do this, do that. Are you are you always afraid when you like fold it up? You're going to get your finger caught and just like chop off one of your fingers. <laughs> No, actually, I'm actually so afraid of that. I, I don't really have one of those. <laughs> just, just leave it in the corner. Don't even use it and just do what you need to. So, John, I, right. looking over your profile, I mean, you've been in the game industry for, for like years. I'm not saying you're old, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's been when, – when did you first get started in the industry? Uh, let's see here. So I got started in the industry in 2002 working with uh, Microsoft on Lynx 2004 Golf as a as a quality assurance tester. Oh wow! So so how like is it. the knowledge from from Lynx tra- translated into Anthem? Are we having like a golfing mini game? Is that is that what I, is that what you're telling us? Somewhere deep in the center of the planet, there's a golf course. Uh, yeah. Nice, nice Easter egg. No. But you know you. You learn a lot from an experience like that. You get to understand, uh, you know, the nuts and bolts of how uh, games get made and uh, just the whole process. It, it's, it takes a long time to, to kind of put all that together, but uh, that's a great place to start. Yeah, and then you've gone on to work on things like Cars 2, um, Toy Story 3, Meet the Robinsons, Chicken Little. You did some Dragon Ball Z um, stuff in there. I mean, that's kind of a huge switch. You go from Disney to Dragon Ball Z. I'm like, wow, that's got to be like a kind of a change of... You're changing art style or you're changing lots of stuff there. So how do you like yeah. what what knowledge are you bring in from all those games that you worked on to to bring to Anthem? I mean, it's it seems like those are very, very different games. They are. They are very different games. And, you know, you do learn a lot as you make different games, you know, like the stuff I did for Disney uh, and stuff I did for THQ. Uh, a lot of it is just learning how to manage manage teams and uh, manage deadlines and, you know, put together something that's really entertaining and yet really uh, simple to understand when you're making uh, entertainment for, for kids or for families, you really have to be able to tell uh, your message, whether that's how to play the game or why you're playing the game in a really simple and concise manner. And just because you're now developing games for, for adults it doesn't mean that you take those lessons and throw them away, you know, to develop successful children's entertainment, whether that's JK Rowling, uh, and, you know, writing Harry Potter or whether it's a really well-made family game, like, uh, like toy story three, you can't talk down to your audience. You have to be crisp. You have to be clear, uh, and, and really communicate well. Uh, those were the lessons that I, that I took from, you know, the software development side working at, at Disney and then, you know, I had the pleasure of working uh, with Pixar on, on a few properties and really learning uh, the craft of uh, excellent storytelling uh, and, and, you know, bringing that uh, here to BioWare where we already have such world-class talent in storytelling, I think, was, was also a good thing for me. Yeah, and I think even looking awesome. today, IGN released the um, the Legion of Dawn trailer, the first look, first time we got to see that. And it's only like a minute and 20 seconds long, but it, there's, it evokes so much emotion of this superhero oh, yeah. figure that has either saved the fort, saved the planet. We don't know exactly what Helena Tarsus did, but just the emotion that's brought out from the work that you guys are doing. It was like, wow, there's, there's depth to the people here. Obviously, there's something worth fighting for. And now we've got heroes in the world already that we can kind of rally around. And I thought it was super cool. I, I did feel a little bit deceived, though, John, 
that there are shaper energy powered swords in this game and you guys haven't told us about them yet i kind of feel like you're burying the lead there i mean you lead with the super powered sword right calm down calm down calm down <laughs> so uh first of all i'm really i'm really glad you enjoyed the uh the trailer uh, I, I really like it too. I think it is a great piece of storytelling and the team that worked on it uh, did a phenomenal job in my opinion. Uh, so swords, let's, let's, let's get this out. So definitely, <laughs> uh, you know, General Tarsus had an amazing, cool, epic, legendary sword that she used in her struggle back in the day. Uh, no swords that uh, you're going to be able to use with your javelin. The, the ranger, of course, has that awesome electric mace. Uh, but you know we're not uh, we're not ruling that out for the future. And, you know, and that and that's all you have to tell me. You know, if it's, if it's a future possibility, if you just keep leading just, me along, along, I'll just be dangle happy that carrot. Yeah, just yeah. dangle that carrot out in front of him. There's the carrot of Damocles. There it is. Yeah, so, there it is. So one there thing that we, I kind of wanted to ask John because it, I mean, you're leading two teams that are in different parts of um, you know North America. You're leading this big giant boat. You guys are like 43 days away until we get the to the first VIP demo. I mean, what's what's the feeling in the studio right now? That's got to be going from 2017, the first viewing of Anthem, to you know the year of that development to now to being so close. I mean, what's 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 the emotional state of all the developers right now? Uh, well, you know, it, it's kind of a mix. Uh, when you work on a project that uh, that is as long as Anthem. Uh, you, you go through different emotional phases as well. I think right now people are feeling pretty tired. It has been a, it has been a long push and a hard push to get us where we're at. But, you know, there's also a, a good deal of excitement as we're finally able to start, you know, sharing uh, the build with people with wider and wider audiences. We've, we just finished our second closed alpha, which uh, was a, a good success. And, you know, to see people respond to it so well, uh, to see the excitement that it generates, like with uh, the Game Awards trailer and now Legion of Dawn trailer, you know, people are starting to to feel that lift of excitement uh, of sharing uh, this, this cool game we've made. Very cool. But tired, man. I was tired. I, I was <laughs> going to say, I'm guessing you guys are tired. Luckily, I hope hopefully you guys get some holiday days coming up pretty soon. You guys can kind of relax. And then come back January yes. in full panic mode, I'm assuming, waiting to hit the <laughs> giant red launch button. And then we finally get it in our hand. You guys probably are going to be jumping on at the same time when everyone else is, you know, getting yep. in there, shooting some grabbits, I hope, and just kind of having a great time. Um, and when, we did get to see a pretty awesome, um, I guess, the progression stream that Ben did today. So we've seen a lot mm-hmm. of the Storm. We've seen a lot of the Ranger. Um it seems like all the devs on Twitter are saying, you know what, the storm's my main. The storm's the awesome javelin. So how how are you guys going to make it so not everyone is just flocking to the storm? I mean, what do the other javelins bring to the table that's going to be like, nope, that's the one I'm playing, or is it, no, I'm going to play all of them? Well, you're going to play all of them, and, and we do too. I think that you know there are certain circumstances where you just don't want to take, uh, take your storm out. Uh, certain, like in today's live stream, right? Uh, Darren ran into those two legendary Ursics out in free play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't want to face that winter storm all by yourself, right? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't want to face it by himself in a ranger. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they each have their own uh, their own draw, and I think that 
you know, you're going to switch around depending on your mood, depending on what you, uh, what you're trying to tackle as well. I think that the, honestly, the right now the interceptor requires a, a lot of uh, technical skill to play it really well. I have a lot of fun with the the interceptor and the kind of the cool thing about all of the javelins to include the ranger. Don't be deceived because it's the the one you start out with. It's not the it's not the noob sickle. Uh, it is uh, <laughs> have a lot of nuance to him. And, you know, you can see the way that Darren built out his ranger, that masterwork ranger that he had today on the stream. It, you know, it, it takes some some thought and some planning to, mm-hmm. to create a build that kind of does what you want it to do, builds off these different synergies. They're all like that. And you can spend, uh, you know, hundreds of hours really getting into the, the technicality of, of, of playing one of these uh, loadouts really well. Yeah, right. Yeah, so we play them all. That's very cool, awesome. but your favorite is the storm, right? I mean, currently. you play them all, but that's going to be your favorite. Currently, currently, does it change a bunch? It does. It actually changes a bunch. Like you know, when you're uh, when you're tackling a stronghold, and it depends on your team too. You know, sometimes sometimes you just want to take the colossus because you want to pull out that big old shield uh, <laughs> and lay down the hammer. Um, I enjoy the I enjoy the uh, the storm for a lot of different reasons. It appeals to me. Uh, archetypally as you know it's one of the superhero archetypes that just kind of draws me you know when I play typical RPGs I usually play, play a mage so you know it's power set kind of draws me in yeah and cool. I think one of the very cool things that we saw today during the progression stream is that it seems like there's going to be so many different um, ways to build your javelin with the different weapons if you get to that masterwork setting, you know, you're going to have a weapon that does this specific thing. But even within that weapon, you're going to be able to, I guess, get that weapon multiple times to maybe it's going to, you know, if you want to hover a bunch, you're going to go after that same weapon with a different role. Mm-hmm. Do you do you have a favorite weapon that you've been using that you can even that you can mention? Did you name one after yourself? That's like, nope, this is the John Warner <laughs> special. And this is the one I'm using all the time. <laughs> Because if you didn't, you've missed an opportunity there, sir. I'm going to have to tell you that now. El Del Guapo. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> our writers don't let me name anything. You guys are great. Oh, um, man. I, uh, you know, I, I don't really have a favorite weapon as of yet. Uh, I, I do like the heavy pistols, uh, especially because I enjoy playing the lighter class uh, javelins. But even on the Ranger, uh, there's a heavy pistol uh, called the Blast Back, which I really enjoy. Uh, there is a Sledgehammer Light Machine Gun, which is which is nice for uh, up close and personal. Cool. So, you know, it, uh, I'm still exploring it. There are so many weapons in this game. Uh, in combination with the gear pieces and the components, that uh, there is, there's a lot to love in there. Very cool. I'm not going to pin you down with a number, but can you give us a number of how many weapons are in the game? Is that well? Nope. It's greater than five. Oh, nice! <laughs> than five. Nice. I think that's plenty. How, how many more do you really need? Less than. I think that there is actually a number, but we're. Uh, it's one of those things that we're going to soon be adding to and introducing new weapons to as we as we march into you know, our post-launch plans and let the live service. So cool. Very cool. And, and one thing we, 
with when Mike and Sabine did their last stream where they when we walked through Fort Tarsus, you know, I just had a couple of questions about the fort. We've also heard about some of the lore on the website. It talks about Faye, Halleck, and Owen when they were born. Mm-hmm. And you might be able to just like not answer this question. So you can just say, you know, I'm not going to answer that question. But when it says that Faye was born in 437 LV, what what is the LV? Uh, you know what? I actually don't know what the LV stands for. Okay. Uh, but, uh, but, but you're not saying you can't answer it. That's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll take that answer. I don't know what it stands for. Wink, wink, drink coffee. <laughs> I gotcha. Fair enough. And no, I, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go, please. I like this is your show. We're here for you, John. Yeah, I, uh, I actually don't know off the top of my head what LV stands for, but I will. Uh, I will come back to you on that. All right. Oh, we'll, awesome. We'll call up Jay. He can tell us. So yeah, Jay. Cool. So is Shaper Energy used to power everything in in Anthem? I mean, are the Striders running on Shaper Energy? Is that are they drawing power from the Anthem of Creation? Do we know how things are? how our javelins are actually moving around. I know it's not Duracell. It's probably not Duracell. Yeah. <laughs> it is not Duracell. It is not coal. Uh, <laughs> but it's, not, it's also not directly the, the power of the anthem. Uh, the power of the anthem is, is way too destructive. Uh, you know, you see it uh, with, uh, within Shaper Ruins. When it starts to, to bust out, it, it causes horrible destruction, cataclysmic destruction. Um, so it would be bad to be running one of those things, uh, <laughs> like a little tiny black hole or something in the core of your suit. Um, oh wow! The, javelins and striders actually run on uh, run on a, a, an element called ember, uh, oh. and it's not uh, it's not. We don't actually get into the details of, of how it's processed and how the core works. It's kind of like how Iron Man's you know technology runs on an arc reactor and. You know, you never really understand quite exactly how an arc reactor does what it does. Uh, you way. just know it does it. Tony Stark <laughs> it built it. this like, thing in a It's the cave. thing that does it. Yep, it's the thing that does it. Yeah, That's Tony cool. Tony able to build an arc reactor in a cave in Afghanistan. So, right. uh, yep, you bet. Right. right right, on. And the Dominion, um, we've learned also a little bit more about them. I mean, you guys, this last month, you guys have been just throwing all the information out on us. Is that just because mm-hmm. we're like, we're going on vacation. Here it is. Don't talk to us. Leave us alone. <laughs> just consume it all. Is, and the Monitor, um, he's obviously taking some of that energy, you know, uh, manipulating it for his own means, taking these fury that Mike has talked about a little bit, you know, manipulating them. Taking over the woven, the brutes, are they using that power to just kind of like take over the the creatures of Anthem? Is that are they controlling them somehow? Or are they just raising little puppies from from you know when they were little to attack freelancers when they go out? <laughs> that is a delightful image. I like that. But uh, <laughs> you know, the Dominion, their their viewpoint on the world is is a lot about control. You know, they they want to bring peace. Uh, through control, and they they feel like they have actually figured out a way to control the the anthem of creation, uh, and they're going to give that a, a try, and we'll see how that turns out for them. But um, yeah, you know that's kind of their thing. They they are controlling. They're they're controlling uh, the, the creatures of the world. They're trying to manipulate the energy of the of the anthem, uh, and that's you know that's their. That's their goal, is to control it and, and bring peace through that control. 
But we definitely have a motivation. This isn't just like Lion King. Scar wanted to take over Pride Rock because he was just upset <laughs> about it and didn't really have a great management plan, yeah. you know. And that just kind of ended badly for him. So I, I'm excited to see more about the monitor. His his look looks super awesome. It's, I, it's I cool. kind of get like the samurai look and feel from him. And it, is his javelin, is he in a storm or is that a different type of suit that only the monitor he's has? Yeah, he's in a different type of suit. Uh, that uh, is able to manipulate energy somewhat like the storms, but it's much more heavily armored. Ah, very cool. cool. And one of the things very also cool. talking about the Woven and the Fury, like a lot of the creatures of the planet, um, I, re- I really enjoy the art design. I, it almost has like a crustacean, you know, feel like you take a crustacean, you take a crab, you take a spider and you smash it together. It's things of your <laughs> nightmares, but you're like, okay, this is really cool. Now let's make it like, you know, six times bigger. as big. Let's so make it, it bigger. Someone. So what, what is yeah. like the, you know, your, your guys' method for creating the creatures of Anthem? Uh, well, our art director, Derek Watts, uh, came up with a, a pretty brilliant vision as we were concepting the world and you know a lot of our creatures uh have insectoid you know features mm-hmm. if you look really closely at the grabbits even you'll notice that they have the the multifaceted eyes yeah like a, they've got those nightmare teeth inside their cute little mouth um <laughs> but yeah that's that's definitely one of the elements that that we use and that we that we bring out into uh into all the creatures of the world uh and uh, you know partly because the the, the anthem is, is alive and well on this planet and is uh, warping and changing things. And partly because, you know, things come through these, uh, these rifts, these cataclysms that the anthem create. So the, these rifts and cataclysms, are those, are those pooling from the planet themselves or are we pooling like off of some other planet that we can't even see that, you know, are yeah, we reaching through yeah. dimensions? There are <laughs> lots of, there are lots of uh, theories about that. Even among the people of the world, no one really knows the answer to that question. Very good. And it, and I think it also lends for you guys from a development standpoint is that you can continue creating things without having to be tied down, right? You could create something so wildly different from what we've seen, and there's a lore reason from it. It's not just, well, we ran out of ideas here. Let's start making something else. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, we spent a lot of time uh, just kind of figuring this world out, how it works, and making sure that it is internally consistent with itself. Uh, so that it could become a platform where we could tell uh, an infinite number of stories. But it all has to make sense. It all has to hang together. Uh, so we did spend a lot of time uh, making sure that it did. Right. And, I'm, and I'm very excited to see, you know, the comic is coming out pretty soon. I'm sure we're going to get a yeah. little bit more about Yarrow, um, Yanni, and see now I'm forgetting the other person's name. But, you know, are there going to be other opportunities for novelization or things coming out to give us a deeper look into what, you know, maybe a story about Helena herself? Not going to pin you to that, but I might pin you to that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's definitely going to be other types of uh, things like this. Uh, You know, one of the great things about building new intellectual property is that, uh, you know, it all starts with the video game. But you can consider the video game as the the core, the, the kernel uh, source of, of truth in it, but it can express itself in lots of different ways, whether that's, uh, you know, comics or novels or, you know, movies, it can go in a number of places. And, and that's why we build them this way is it, it becomes a platform to tell stories on. 
Very cool. I'm, I'm excited to see a lot more. If if you were like right now, I want to make this. Would you? What would you do? Would you do a novel? Would you do a book? If you had a choice, you had guys had all the money. No one's telling John Warner no. You know what's that one thing <laughs> that you would want to create? Is it just a Lego set that features Anthem or what? <laughs> oh, 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 that would be really awesome. If it, but one thing, one thing that I create. Now I'm a I'm a huge I'm a huge reader, so I'm tempted to say that I, I would love to see a, a cool novel made. Uh, but written by Brandon uh, I'm, Sanderson, so, I'm guessing. <laughs> possibly, possibly. Um, Let's call that guy up. He's I, not busy. Hey, Brandon, Bubsy, I know you're working hard, but but I've got this one that, little project. I would, I would make an awesome toy line, to tell you the truth. Oh, that's like cool. A, a hot toys or a weta quality uh, set of uh, javelins. I think that would be awesome. Well, if you want to print money, you might have a great idea. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that would sell. That would sell. I'm throwing, money, sell. At, I'm throwing money at my edition. computer right now. That's yeah. right. Hot toys, if you're listening, call me. Yes, yeah. please. We'll get you in touch. So one we'll, of the, we'll hook you guys up. One of the things, John, also that we've been reading a lot on Twitter. Oh, I want speaking of Twitter – are you guys crazy for like going and answering that many questions on Twitter? Like what, what's the and, idea And how is Mark's that? state of mind? Is Mark <laughs> yeah. doing okay? Like, is he, is he stable still? I mean, Mark is the hardest working man in the show business. I'll tell you that much. Uh, and it really stemmed out of Mark's idea. It was Mark's idea that we would do this. Ask me almost anything. And, uh, God, I swear to God, he just started answering questions. And we're like, Oh shit. Uh, <laughs> I'm still uh, you know, once the game started rolling, we were just like, "Hey, this is actually really good. This is actually really refreshing. Let's just let's just tell as many things as we can, and answer as many questions as we can." So we each try to, you know, take a portion of our day just to answer questions, and uh, I, you know, I think it's worked out pretty well. It has. It has. We've gotten tons of information that way. It's been fun. Yeah. It's been awesome. And I think more than that, it adds kind of to a personal level that connection mm-hmm. with the player directly to you guys. Because normally you don't you don't get that level of interaction with the developer. But like seeing, yeah. I mean, you guys have been asked. I bet if you looked at your phone right now, you have what? How many notifications? Like four thousand six hundred eighty-two. Like half of those are from us. Like I understand that would stop. But I mean, and just the level of like no, those little interactions I think make a big difference to the player. It, sometimes it yeah. could be the difference between that person saying, well, I don't know if I want to buy this game because of this. But no, John Warner mm-hmm. tweeted me back, I'm going to get this game because it does kind of give you that little hit of, oh, they actually really care. Mm-hmm. So I think it's been a great way to interact with everyone. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. It's, uh, you know, if I could talk to everybody personally, just to let them know how, how passionate we are about this game and uh, how passionate I am about uh, about how fun it is. I would do it. I would absolutely do it. But, you know, we do what we can. And uh, I'm glad you guys are liking it and finding it helpful. Yeah. And it, and as we get close to the end of the the end of the interview, I want to talk about kind of, you know, the end game. Is there any end game details that you can share? Because I know that for a looter shooter game that, you know, live service game, that's kind of the draw to it. It's like, what am I going to be doing? After I finish the story, is this going to be it? Am I going to play for a couple months? Have to take a break till the next content drop? I mean, what are you guys doing to keep us coming back in? Well, you you know you're right. And when we we sat down to uh, and thought about what we wanted Anthem to be uh, at the very very beginning, we knew we wanted to create an experience 
that you could come back to over and over again, that, you know, you can engage it uh, in, in a much longer way than you would a traditional, you know, like Mass Effect or Dragon Age game. So, yeah, you know, we're going to and, and we're going to get into a bunch of details on exactly how we're going to support our, our live service. And I think it's, it's exciting and it's different than uh, a lot of uh, things that you've seen with other with other games. Um, but the, the stuff I can talk to is, is this, you know, as you're what you saw today in the live stream is was a really tantalizing look at, at those masterworks and legendaries. Uh, and, and chasing those is, is half the fun, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, doing stuff like uh, our strongholds, which is you know super challenging content. It's going to take uh, a, a really good squad, well coordinated, to get in there and uh, and play those at the highest difficulty settings. Uh, you know, as you as you're progressing through the game, you have access to you know what you would expect uh, an easy, normal, uh, a hard uh, difficulty setting. But once you hit uh, a certain level, you'll be able to unlock uh, what we call Grandmaster difficulties. And, uh, and attacking these, these strongholds at Grandmaster difficulty, that's where you're going to start dropping uh, these amazing legendary weapons. Um, and so, you know, I think that we, we've created a, a place for you to chase these with strongholds. Uh, we have a, a kind of a repeatable... Uh, agent contracts, you know, you've met our agents, uh, Tassin and Bryn, Matthias. Uh, you're going to be able, and Yarrow, of course, let's not forget Yarrow. You can get repeatable uh, legendary contracts from these agents that will also be a great source uh, for dropping this ultra-rare legendary loot. Um, and, and that's going to be a, a piece, just a, a little piece of the fun of the, of the Elder game. Very cool. That what? sounds fun. That's not even a piece. That's like Red Bull injected into your veins, <laughs> you know, toothpicks holding your eyes open. I, I mean, our group, I could see us spending a str- lot of time on a stronghold. It took us a long time to do the first stronghold level activity in a game nice. that we used to play. And so <laughs> we'll be working on it for a while. Sounds good. Well, I think one of the fun thing is, and maybe you can talk a little bit about how you guys design your weapons and balance them, you know, because there is no PVP. And a lot of people have said, you know, there's no PVP at launch. I don't know if it's coming down in the future. You probably, I don't, you probably can't say if it is or not. But like balancing a weapon, like uh, I forget what name they called it today. Um, say, say um, Jara's Wrath. Balancing that weapon. I mean, are yeah. you guys able to just say, you know what? Let's let the players have fun. Let's make the biggest explosions possible without trying to break the game. I mean, how do you do that in a game like this where it's like you're superheroes? You want things to blow yeah. up. How do you control mm-hmm. that? Well, you know, a uh, couple things about that. And I'll, I'll speak to it at a high level because, you know, we have really smart designers like Chris King and uh, great producers like Darren who are, this is their full-time job and they're balancing the game, uh, God, you know, day and night. But one thing that ties back to PvP is when, you're, when you have a, a system where you're, you have PvP and PvE coexisting. You really got to flatten down the power curve in those weapons to keep things fair, uh, so that it's a game of skill and not just a game of you know I have the better weapon. Uh, we didn't want to uh, try to engage in that challenge. That's a really difficult thing to do. Um, so uh, what we decided was we were going to lean into PvE, so that we could have these crazy uh, power curves on these weapons. 
and really let you feel like you're uh, an OP god, you know, and uh, and then just have some fun with that. So really, the balance work then comes into not having to worry about the PVP curve, but really looking more at the synergies of uh, you know the the base properties of the weapon, its infusions. Uh, and it's masterclass property as well once you get up into that level. And then you balance that with the different components on your suits, uh, the gear that you're toting. Uh, it's, it's, it's a big, complex web. Uh, but, you know, thank God we've got, uh, we've got the right people on the job. And it's, uh, it's an exciting system to, to engage in. And that, and that's only after the five hours you spent actually personalizing your your javelin, you know, because <laughs> you got you got to spend all that time doing that first. You got to look good. all that yeah. time on the color wheel. So real that wooden wooden javelin in there, right? That wooden skin, <laughs> that wooden skin that we know is going to be there, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, this not that wood is not flame retardant. Why? I, why would you? Take that? It's vinyl because, it, because the same reason the arc reactor works, it just does. <laughs> it just they does. got varnish. I see what they you got did there, three Mike. coats of varnish there. That's nice. That's so, nice. so real quick, John, as we're winding down, uh, you know, how are you going to relax during the holidays? Is there that one game you've been saving for the holiday break that you're finally going to pop in to the uh, game box and finally sit down and play? Or is it uh, Anthem? <laughs> I'm going to be playing a lot of Anthem for the John's holidays. crying right now for our, for our audio listeners He's got tears coming out of his eyes That's usually where you uh, cry but, from but, yeah, From your eyes yeah. Yeah. From your Unless eyes. you have other problems Well Let's not go there <laughs> no, I'm going to spend some time with uh, Ashen I just picked that up uh, for my uh, Xbox That looks uh, like a, It's a cool Dark Soulsy kind of a experience i'm uh, i'm always interested in those i'm gonna poke around a little bit play some more dead cells um Ashton has the a- oh god and assassin's creed odyssey I, I haven't had time to engage that nearly as much as i want to so i'm gonna i'm gonna be playing some of that those are some very picks. Cool. dead cells is a great game so as we wrap up john is there is there anything that you want your fans of anthem to know anything that like hey this is like a hidden sneak peek no one else knows this except for you guys right now i'm not putting you on the spot to divulge you know super secret information but if you wanted to you could do it now or you know is there something that you want your fans to know that they don't get to yeah, hear a um, couple things a couple things that i want fans to know about um this it's a pretty vast world uh and you know i've I've talked about this before to other people but i'll say it again because i i say the words and i don't think people quite get their arms around it until they play it and that is when you introduce flight and verticality in the way that we have uh the explorable possibilities in the world really multiply uh and that really powers this feeling of of freedom and curiosity that you can engage in uh, just flying through the world, finding secrets, diving under the water, uh, finding really cool underwater dungeons. Uh, that's a thing that, uh, that you can do. Like you could fly over a body of water, you know, a thousand times uh, and then decide one day that you're going to drop down there and check it out. Or you, you know, you overheat and you go down into the water accidentally and then, Hey, surprise, you find that there's something really cool under there. That is a really neat moment. Uh, it's it's an anthem moment for me, and uh, I, I really want people to engage this game with a sense of curiosity uh, and wonder because uh, there's a lot to see. There's a lot to discover. 
Awesome. Very exciting. Well, John, awesome. we appreciate your time. Appreciate, you know, so you much. guys are super busy. So even taking this 30 minutes for us, um, I know it means a lot for us. It means a lot for the people listening because we know you guys are super busy getting ready for that launch. So do you guys know when you're going oh. gold? Going gold at the end of this month, the beginning of next month? we <laughs> <laughs> be going gold uh, next month, next month. And then, uh, then we're, we're almost there. All we're right. almost there. We're excited. See the finish line. We awesome. Didn't, we didn't want to make you nervous by telling you how many days there are left, just in case. You know. <laughs> Not tattooed on the back of my eyelids. <laughs> John is crying again. But, John, we really, we really appreciate it. You know, we'd love to do it again sometime. And uh, until next time, freelancers, this has been John Warner. John, do you, do you want to, like, um, give out your, your Twitter handle to more people? Is that something you want to do? Or would you rather sure, just sure. like, uh, please stop tweeting I'm, me. Uh, I'm <laughs> at bio underscore Warner. Uh, feel free to jump on and follow me. We can talk. I'll answer your questions as best as I can. And, uh, you know, thanks for, you guys are, are running a great community. I love it. I appreciate uh, your enthusiasm. Uh, you're awesome. I enjoy the podcast. So uh, strong alone, stronger together. All yeah. Right. All yeah. right, freelancers. Till next time, there's a shaper storm on the horizon. We'll see you on the other side. Peace. Peace. And now we're back. That was a fantastic interview with John Warner. <laughs> you guys laugh. I mean, that was, that, that was some pretty awesome stuff. So we're, we're grateful for John for coming on, taking the time out of his busy schedule. Indeed. I mean, these guys are – poor John. He looks like he was so tired. He was. I think he went through like seven cups of cop- coffee while we were talking to him. I mean, I think he was just like straight we? from – Just one we? really large. We? Yeah, I mean, there we were really talking to him. As Stephen was like, monopolizing yeah, I, uh, all conversation. I Sorry, don't know what you guys are talking Steve, about. We kid Steve because we like to, and we've we've been doing this for sixty-five episodes, and we're great that he's here and kind of brought us all together. But but really, we brought you here to tell you that, that this can't happen anymore, and that <laughs> intervention with your intervening in our conversation. Yeah, yeah, we had we have all these great ideas, and Steve just blows past them, like but. Just saying. Uh, I will. We're going to go ahead and move on here because of reasons. And there was also... <laughs> I, like that I also had gets. a good time during the interview. <laughs> yes, JD didn't even show up. For those uh, for those um, audio listeners only, Steve is making the face that you make when your great uncle is toasting at the wedding that he wasn't invited to. That's a very apt description of the face I'm making right now. But please, I mean, you continue. I will not stop you from taking over this taking over this boat. It's sinking already, so carry on. It's not sinking. There was a cool thing that happened today. Uh, there was another stream. And if I may say so, this one worked. It was fun. It was a good stream. You can keep going, Mike. Go ahead, man. <laughs> I don't want to steal your thunder. Steve. No, my thunder. Like you, go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm just waiting. For You've you. already taken it. His thunder has been crushed. No, I <laughs> you guys Bob can drive the, the ship. All right, so here's what we're going to talk about: progression. So Darren, <laughs> Ben, like a half pirate ship. <laughs> I'm going to talk. If you want me to not talk, I will not talk. Or you can interrupt. That's fine. Or I can keep going. Or whatever. I'm gonna cut all this anyway. So, so we we finally got our progressive stream from Ben and Darren. They came on. Darren is a another producer. Um, I haven't heard a lot from Darren on Twitter. Haven't heard a lot 
of him mentioned, I think he's just been, you know, in the grind, getting weapon systems worked out. So haven't heard a lot of, it was nice to hear another voice from the, de, from the dev team today, get some different perspectives on what they're working on and, and how they're doing that work. So we got a lot of interesting information about progression. First thing that, you know, we, we really didn't know about yet was we did not know about the inscription system. We did not know about the components that they were going to be talking about. So first things first, I'd like to dive into the inscriptions. So inscriptions are going to be little affixes. I guess an affix is how they're known as in Diablo or little bonuses. When you're playing Destiny, they're just an extra little node, like the Firefly perk, stuff like that, that is going to be randomly generated onto these weapons. So none of the weapons are going to be the same. They're all going to be random rolls. So you're always going to be getting something different. I mean, not I'm not going to say always. You know, things are going to pop up every now and then that are exactly the same, but I don't think it's going to be that common. So inscriptions go on to weapons or items that are uncommon and above, and each new rarity type, you're going to get an extra inscription. So at uncommon, you get one. At rare, you get two. At the next level, epic, you get three. And at master class, you'll get four. And at master class and legendary, these weapons are actually going to have a specific ability tied to them. So I think the way they were talking about it, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, if you pick up a weapon called, let's call it the Mountain Dew weapon, right? And you get it at uncommon, <laughs> it's going to have one affix. And then if you get it at epic, it's going to have two. If you get it uncommon, it goes uncommon, rare, epic. So if you get uncommon, it's going to have one. Rare, it's going to have two. Um, Epic's going to have three. And then when that Mountain Dew weapon hits, we're not sponsored by Mountain Dew. When that weapon hits Masterwork, mm-hmm. then it's going to gain its special ability that's been attached to the weapon, right? Is that how you guys were reading that information that we were getting? Yeah, so they has the orange text for both Master and then Legendary. But they also have uh, a specific pool that they pull from for those inscriptions. So there's what well, they said. There's over 100 of them, but then once it gets to the higher tier, they have a specific pool that it will pull the inscriptions from. So it's going to be better inscriptions for the you know Master and Legendary versions. So, so do you guys think, and I know they didn't touch on this, um, a lot of previous games, you get uncommon weapons or just crap weapons, right? They're just throwaway. You're never going to see them again. It seems like in this system, that same weapon that's uncommon is going to carry on throughout the rarities. There's not going to be yeah. like the toothpick of of JD at uncommon and then be, you know, the master cleaver different weapon. It's going to be the same weapon. So do you guys think there's going to be weapons that are specifically legendary or will they all just be carried through the game i think they'll be both i think they're gonna have like named legendary weapons with you know possibly specific things like they talked about later in the stream where it's like whether they're you know like kill 10 whatever and it gives you something specific for that they're still trying to work that out vince was saying um but i think you know because the good thing is like they said if you find a blueprint it's going to carry, you can build that blueprint no matter what level you are. It's just going to build at your level, you know. And so, uh, you know, it's not like you have to go out and refine that blueprint again. You have to find a masterwork to your blueprint or whatever. It's just whatever you're at is what you can build at. And, and what I gather. And just as a caveat, so this stream dropped earlier today, and we didn't have a lot of time to 
comb through it like we like we would like just because of work and stuff so if we get something wrong sorry we're gonna get it wrong i don't i don't know what to tell you you can send us emails and tell us we were wrong it's late. i probably won't read them yeah. but that's fine jd is like half we'll alive right now so we'll just send all the emails to jd to go over um so one of the things like devin said there's over a hundred of them so the core functionality of the item will stay the same but the affixes or the inscription sorry the inscriptions will change so there's a couple different um examples of inscriptions that we saw so there was javelin heat damage so if you're doing a fire build you probably want to stack as many of these as you can and you're probably going to have to work for a while to find as many of them as you want so i'm guessing if there's heat damage there's probably going to be ice damage acid damage and lightning damage and Ben and Darren talked about the combo system also and how these will work. One is your primer, one is your detonator. And we can talk about that a little bit later when we talk about the combos. So other inscriptions that we saw, there was javelin shotgun ammo, so you can carry more shotgun ammo. So I'm guessing with that, there's going to be pistol, mortar, marksman, shotgun, all the ammos you can think of. Those are going to be part of those inscriptions. So I know they said that there's over a hundred, but it seems like you know we can at least guess what a lot of the other ones are gonna are gonna be. They talked mm-hmm. about pickup radius. They talked about flight time, your ultimate regeneration, your hover time, um, shield regeneration, shield regen, percent damage, magazine size, weak point damage, health per pickup, um, harvest. Pretty chance. much anything. Pretty much anything you can think of, right? Anything in the game can be affected by the inscriptions, depending on what gear you have. I'm, yeah, there might Sounds even really cool. And there might even be inscriptions that are specific to a to an enemy type. Maybe it's like Maybe. percent damage against scars, percent damage against ursics. You know, those are possibilities. And mm-hmm. with the system that they have, there's no. It doesn't have to be like, nope. This is the hundred and four we have. That's it. We're never going to add to it. So one of the right. things I did see, they have an ammo drop chance. And if you're rolling in a group, do you? I know they said that our the loot is all instanced, so you can't steal each other's loot. Do you guys think that if you are able to stack ammo drop chance or health drop chance, that that'll affect your party members also? Didn't I would hope so. In a previous, uh, I thought they said in the uh, the stream with Ben and Mike that the uh, health orbs and stuff were instanced to the player. So, so that you can only see the those orbs that are dropped for you. Yeah, like the the, or, the orbs that are dropped are for you only. Um, I, I believe they said that towards the end of the stream when they when we first found out about the frost dominion group. Um, and like it was the first our first glimpse of the uh, dominion was uh, it, it was that same stream. Okay, because I th- I think it would be a really cool idea if that you could have a person on your team that is stacking ammo drop chance or health mm-hmm. drop chance, so that it affects your team. And they that can get like all a that great stuff. Rate, or, that sounds like a great storm build perk to be able yeah. to do that for your team. Because it, it, I could definitely see like a team XP uh, inscription uh, being a thing. You know, like something that gives like X amount of extra XP if you're in a team. Like, yeah, that'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, XPU is probably another one that'll be on here for sure. So you can level up, mm-hmm. and you know, Ben mentioned on Twitter. Um, that there will probably be other levels. I guess we can talk about the levels. They talked about the difficulties um, in the game. There's three difficulties open in the beginning. You have Lancer is easy, Freelancer is medium, then you have Master as your difficulties. Then past that, you have Grandmaster 1, 2, and 3. And there was 
thinking that that grandmaster level unlocks at a certain cap where you're probably going to beat the game and you're probably going to get to a certain level and you're going to unlock that but there might be something akin to paragon points which is a paragon point in diablo is every time you level up past your cap you get another point to put into um part of your character sheet so they're saying there might be right. something like that after launch but um nothing like that right now so i think the amount of inscriptions that we did see makes it so i mean there's a lot of possibilities the build that darren was running Devin, you probably remember it better like he was talking about being able to use his rocket to use his whatever do you remember mm-hmm. what, what exact combo he was like he built for himself yeah so it was so when he was hovering uh his abilities or his gear regenerated faster Right, so yeah. uh, he was always trying to hover and always trying to take out more people. So what he had to do was with his wrist rocket, whatever they're calling it, he had to take somebody out with that, right? Which would then boost his um, power for his grenade, so he could throw mm-hmm. his grenade. And then if his, you know, with the grenade, it had the ability if you killed, uh, you know, got a multi kill for three people, it would automatically increase his shield back to one hundred percent. Uh, if it was two, the ultra ultra would start would boost up a lot faster. Um, so the whole thing was so that he can keep, you know, throwing out gear as much as possible and, and doing a lot of fire damage. So it was specifically built for explosions and fire, I believe, is what what it was. And so it was all built around the hover, killing you know a lot of um, you know enemies. So it definitely wasn't built, you know, as they saw later on in the stream for larger one-on-one uh, confrontations, but it was built for cleaning up the mobs, you know, in the trash and uh, helping to, to keep things in control. So. so, JD, looking at this list of inscriptions, I mean, what takeaways did you have? You know, what what ideas in your mind are like, oh, man, I got to build, I'm going to build this type of javelin that takes, you know, advantage of health pickup and being able to move fast and ha- never have a shield go down? So... Thinking especially in regard to um, the uh, the Colossus, which I am more or less aiming for right now uh, in terms of what I'm going to be playing first. Obviously, anything that boosts your health is going to be great. Um, means you can keep going even longer. Um, I think, um, especially with the uh, the flamethrower, I think it's going to be great to like really either have some kind of heat damage at some well, in some way, shape, or form. Uh, either for the wall of fire or for the flamethrower, or if you want to double down on that. Personally, I'd probably prefer wall of fire and maybe a uh, a railgun uh, instead. So in that way, I might be able to even detonate some of my own combos as opposed to come to the shove. Because um, I, I feel like if you have a, a javelin set up that's nothing but uh, primers, um, that's probably going to be good for your team. But if your team's not really paying attention, that might be hard for you. Uh, so... Who knows? Um, but definitely extra health. Um, probably extra damage so people just go down faster. But Yeah, I think the nice what thing is... What do you is- guys think? I was just thinking, you know, for the four of us, you know, if you're going to pick ads or you're going to pick, you know, the one-on-one confrontations, right? So if they're... I figured probably the four of us were going to play, you know, more than a few times, right? So right, um, twice. We'd have maybe. to find our <laughs> twice, you know, uh, find our team composition, and so it's like, which would you rather be? It's would it be the aim, you know, the cleaning up the ads and the trash mobs, or you know, primary damage, you know? 
I mean, I'm usually somebody who goes for crowd, for crowd control. Um, you know, just taking care of, you know, keeping like things kind of from like keeping the other players from getting overwhelmed is usually what I do in uh, other games. Um, especially Warframe crowd control is very important there because the ads, well, the enemies aren't really that tough, but they can overwhelm you just by sheer numbers. So if you're on crowd control, yeah. Like then you just have somebody go for the boss, which is great. So JD's crowd control, Stephen, what are you going to I think with this system, it'd be, it's definitely going to be interesting because I guess it's going to depend on what gear drops for you. Right. I mean, we also have so many other gear slots that we haven't seen that, these instances instances what are they called these inscriptions are going to affect those certain gear slots so i guess it's like you know Mm -hmm. hey i got this legendary gear slot for this colossus shock i forget what the thing calls that is called that has a lightning coming out of it it's like well you know i guess i got attuned to this because this is my guess best piece of gear so now i guess i have to change to that so for me i guess it depends Mm -hmm. on what good drops I'm which actually going to get. I mean, if, if you could get any drops that you wanted, which way would you prefer? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's so hard to say. Um, look, Watching them and seeing the amount of enemies that um, Darren had on, on screen, it seems like going for being able to down a lot of enemies quickly is pretty beneficial. But then he went up mm-hmm. against the legendary Ursus. Ursixes, Urx, Ursac, the legendary space bears. So he goes up against those, and he's like, "No, I can't do this. I got to bounce out." So it's like, man. I mean, if that's going to happen, also, I don't know. I guess I go just for shooting all the mans because I, I don't, I don't know. It's hard to say. Well, and there, those enemies respond pretty quick. I mean, it's what it looked like, anyways. There was more kept spawning, or maybe he was just moving around to the new areas. But it seemed like there was a lot of enemies all the time. Yeah, and I think he did say that it was on Master just so he didn't, you know, one-shot all the enemies so he could actually show them off. So I'm sure that those enemies spawn a lot quicker when you're on that higher difficulty. I mean, if that's Master, if you're thinking Grandmaster 3, there's probably going to be a ton of guys all over mm-hmm. that map. So I don't have a good answer right. for you, Devin. I don't know. What about you, Mike? Um. So, so again, the buildup of our team, if we've got two people doing crowd control, then then I'm going objective. You know, if we're, if we're supposed to get the thing or take out the guy or escort the man or, you know, um, do that kind of stuff, then, then someone's got to be. I mean, we all can't be doing ad control. Okay. So it's got to be it's got to be some objective type thing. We can't all be acupuncturists. So, exactly. So but, but I think but I think the point is and what we got from the stream and I know and I know where you're going with this, Devin, but but just to, to put a little asterisk on everything that can change. You know, one mission, one mission might be a frost mission, and the build out that I have really is really good with add control of the frost elemental. You know, where Steven may have gotten different drops or JD may have gotten different drops, so it'll rotate depending on what the mission is. But, and I think that's part of it is once you are familiar with the world, familiar with the missions, because you kind of get into that groove and you know what's there, and you know, you know, maybe my ranger is best in this mission maybe steven storm really does a whole lot of damage and helps us um complete the objective in this mission and maybe devin's interceptor is, is you know the person who who with the three of us need to protect as they go and i don't know disarm the thing or or you know sneak into the the agile type place thing so it, i mean which is really cool in and of itself because then 
because then not only not only is there the I don't want to say grind, but not only there is the drive of getting the good gear in the game, but it's also making sure you craft and get the gear that will help you in your quote unquote assignment as you as you play maybe a stronghold or maybe that one um, high level high difficulty mission that we've been stuck on for the last week and a half or so. Yeah, the one thing you know for me. It's kind of the same for me, Stephen. Is it really just depends on what I have, and I mean, I would prefer to be doing damage to like the, a boss or a single single combat type thing, where doing heavy damage to them and not uh, worrying so much about the ads. But what I was thinking about as we were, you know, as they were going over the stream, was they're like, well, you know, if you're playing with someone who's not, you know, min maxing and doing all those things, you can still play at a lower level and do those things. And so it's going to come down to again where it's like. Um, you know, I think back to when I played Halo 2 and I played Halo 2 a lot and I had two separate mm-hmm. accounts based upon the people I would play with, right? So, I mean, I, I'm not saying like, you know, this way I don't have to have separate accounts, but you can have separate builds where it's like, oh, it doesn't really matter. I can kind of do a mix of both, you know, and so you can really kind of make a lot of different builds for your the different friends that you're going to play with, right? So maybe we're doing random, uh, you know, community nights, we don't really know what we're going to get when we go out there, you know, so we can't really mm-hmm. be like, okay, we're going to try and push the hardest content possible, so we're going to have this and this and this, but it's just going to be like, okay, we have to have you know, setups for kind of, you know, uh, jack-of-all-trades kind of javelin going in until we can kind of get comfortable with who we're playing with. But I just didn't want it to be where it's like, oh man, I'm going to have to play lower level stuff with these people because they're not, mm-hmm. you know, up to that level. So that's going to be, you know, to me, if depending on how it is once we're playing, uh, we'll determine whether, I guess, more of my enjoyment if we have to always be worried about who we're playing with and what's going <laughs> to happen. And, uh, you know, that, also, that was just one of my concerns. I also well, think, but, but didn't they also say that, that um, playing with people who are lower level is actually going to help them out and help you out. Yeah, so there's, a, really be- there's a benefit, there's benefit, which is different from other games that that we've played when someone's been lower level and who hasn't yeah, or like who is trying to level right? up that well, one think, gun. That I so think, I mean I think there's there's nuances to it. I think also one of the nice things about having four javelins is that okay, if we're going to be playing now with these people that I that I don't know, it's time for me to level up my interceptor that I haven't played a lot. You know, maybe you don't have that high level gear for that for that javelin yet. So it gives you a chance to do that. And then especially with being able to change the difficulty, it's like if you don't want to get all sweaty, it's like, okay, we're playing only on on freelancer mode. So you don't have yeah. to be like, man, we're bang- we're banging our heads against this content. We can't beat it. You know, you just drop down right. the level, and then you, you are able to have a good time. And then hopefully you're still able yeah. to progress in some of those things. I noticed when Darren was um, shooting a lot of those, um, I believe they were the outlaws, it said when they popped up, yeah. that there was a yeah. little meter that was like, you know, 50 of 200 outlaws destroyed or killed or whatever. So there's obviously goals that we were working towards. And maybe mm-hmm. even just jumping in with someone at a lower level, you're still going to be able to complete those things, those little whatever they are, goals to unlock other equipment. Maybe it's for faction stuff. Maybe someone sent you out on a contract to clean up 200 scars. So it looks like maybe there's always opportunity to be progressing, even if you are taking it down an extra level. 
So yeah. the, the next thing that we saw, and this is the one thing I was most concerned about because we haven't heard anything about components. And I just pointing it out, we were right. We were guessing that these things were going to be called components. Reading um, when the when they updated the website, they talked about, oh, you'll need more components to upgrade your Javelin. We're like, you know, is this what they're really going to be called? We were right. That's all I'm saying. I'm just putting it out there. So... You other guys that thought we were wrong. You were wrong. We were right. So there's six slots in these things that you're going to be equipping. I was not expecting six slots. I was expecting maybe three extra slots that you can install gear into to change what your javelin's going to do. So six slots, I think, is awesome. I well, think hang, it- on hang on, though. Hang on, though. Because I don't want to derail you because that's what I do. You are but the as I was looking at the stream, I was looking at the stream. Go to, go to timestamp 2614. You're you're assuming I have that open. Well, I mean, I did you know? Just so you know, Mike, I also got a tweet back from Ben to confirm how many you can have on it. That it is all six. Yeah, because I, I found something. Because I found something interesting. Uh-huh. So if you go to if you go to twenty six, if you go to twenty six fourteen. So this is you're this is going through. This is going through Darren's legendary ranger build. Okay. okay, and he's in his component screen, and he's showing us the different, the six different components that Steve's talking about right now. So if you back up to twenty six oh nine, the Ranger's ultimate power level, his gear score is four thirty three. Yeah. Okay, and that shows all those things that are equipped, right? But then you go to twenty six. Um, what was it? Twenty six fourteen again. Okay. He has a different, he has a different component selected, like he's hovering over it, and you'll see that the gear score actually changes. Yeah, indicating that if this thing is equipped, the mm-hmm. gear score changes. But that's still part of the six that was in the uh, that was in the initial menu. So, uh, so I, if Ben, but if, but if Ben confirmed that all those six, all those effects count. He said, then, "When you have everything unlocked, you can equip six, right?" So okay. I think so, what you're looking at right here on this is so those, there's six in this slot that he's looking at right now, but the ones that are there, it's not equipped. The one that's equipped is the one with that yellow icon on the top left. So then, so then, so then it's six times six. No, so this is just another sub menu of options for that piece. Okay, okay, of that gear piece, right? So every gear piece, every the items are all going to have different things that you can put into specifically for those. So six times six then. So so a possible of 36 combinations. Because if each gear slot has a sub-menu of six... Well, we don't know if there's only six in that. I mean, just like when they did the one with all the you know the textures and everything else, we okay. don't know how many there actually many is. There? This is just what they put on the javelin to try to show off the, some of the stuff. Okay. So maybe yeah, then that's... Six. Maybe then that's the collection of all... The components that that Darren has accumulated. Yeah, I'm guessing yeah. that I'm guessing that's his inventory, and he's picking from that's it. inventory. So okay. you can't, yeah. you, I can't just, you can't. I just equip saw that in the stream things. and thought and thought I'd talk about. Yeah. No, no, not well. Thirty six options. Yeah, if you have six slots with six different things. So I get what you're saying. I understand. So, but it's showing you basically if he equipped that, it would drop him down because this is the section where they're talking like. If you equip this lower stuff, it can drop your javelin down into a lower tier. Right. You know, so you can see. So you, equipping these components will do right. to your overall level, and then your your drops, your your um your loot drops actually change 
according yeah. to that, right? Because yep. gear drops at the level you are. So, yeah. so I mean, you're always going to want to have the highest stuff. You know, I guess that's going to be the push comes to shove. Yeah. Which one's better? Do I want to equip this? You know, and so, and although they did say, you know, it says legendary ranger, but it's only supposed to be masterwork. So, right. Legendary is going to be even higher. Right. So oh. they they had a lot of bugs in this build. So I mean. No, there could be a lot of things that are different from here. I mean, obviously, a lot of these gear slots that they that they were showing us are not going to do zero percent damage. That would be pretty ridiculous. Zero <laughs> um, percent ammo drop tents. But I think having like six that. different slots, you know, this this is really going to make it to where, like Darren was explaining, you know, my guy hovers because I have this equipped, and if I'm hovering, this does extra damage and this does extra damage. It's like okay, you know, there's going to be so many different inscriptions on these components. That, you know, I, I was worried at first when they said we only had three different gear slots and two weapons, that that's not enough. But like, I think right. I think this is perfect because when we're talking about Diablo, I mean, there's a lot of gear that you have in there that doesn't change the appearance of your character. You've got the belt. I mean, the belt you can see sometimes. You've got rings. You've got, you know, the socks that you put on and you've got toe rings in that Talent. game. And it's just stuff yeah. that you don't see that doesn't make a difference. I think, you know, that Bioware is saying, you know what, you don't need to see these things. But this is going to change the way you play. We don't need, yeah. you know, to drastically change everything all the time. But this is the stuff that we care about anyway. If you just care about the number going up, then let's give you the option to do that without having to, you know, create these crazy-looking pieces of armor and everyone end up yeah. looking the same because now you can look however you want. So with all these different options, do you guys think this is too much? I mean, we were having a conversation that, you know, Six is a lot. Do you really need that many slots? Because within each of those, you're going to have inscriptions within those. So I, I, I think you know they said they they kind of touched on that. It's like you can play it as easy as you want, where it's just like I oh, just pick basic things, don't really worry about the inscriptions, or you can really min max it. You know, try and keep crafting for that those perfect rolls, mm -hmm. and keep you know going out trying to find what you what you really want for that build. And I think there's going to be a lot more build variety, you know, where you can have half and half of does this, but it also does this. And, mm -hmm. and there's going to be a ton of complexity there if you want there to be. If you want it to be. It could yeah. be super easy or it could be super, I need to get those floaties as big as they can get. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you can just even look at inscriptions. Anything that mentions flight, you can just equip it. Anything that mentions ammo drop, you can equip it without really looking at the numbers. Didn't they say it's anywhere between five and ten percent? I think that was just kind um, of an example they were that they were example, giving. Okay. We know that some of the cooldown time, but it's not zero. It's, it's not zero. It's not zero. But Darren even had, you know, he had an ability, an inscription that was going to decrease the cooldown, the cooldown time by fifty percent on his grenade if he was hovering, which seems yeah. insane. If you can get that on one inscription piece. And you keep stacking that to where you're like, oh, oh yeah. if I'm hovering, I have infinite grenades. Instant grenades, yeah. So then you yeah, just create a grenade plus, build. Yeah. Well, and then you add that to every every double kill of my grenades gives me my ultimate. And then there's yeah. probably an inscription that says every every multi-kill with your ultimate gives you, you know, 28 grabbits to do whatever you want with. And so, Which is weird. So, I mean, you can make an action to, oh, yeah. you know. A crazy level if you want to. It's going to be awesome. I mean, those numbers are going to be flying all over the place, and there's going to be all kinds of crazy stuff happening. It's going to be explosion after explosion. There was the interesting, because Stephen kind of touched on it, you know, whether what you have in your build benefits your group or not, right? 
Right. So uh, they didn't really talk about that, and I, I, you know, we can ask them about that. But yeah, um, yeah. what do you guys think? You think you should have stuff that benefits your group, or just all personal? No, it's. I mean, you've you've got to have builds that, that benefit your group. Go ahead, JD. Sorry. Well, yeah. Uh, before we, uh, you know, move on, I do just want to take the time to just say that, like, I really appreciate that. From what we can tell, right now, is that it's the system. It seems to be like not super easy to understand. Like, it's not like it, it's definitely like it's not super easy to understand. But I do think that it it has that kind of depth to it that like it's it's easy-ish to understand, but hard to master. And I think like the added levels of complexity with the components, all the gear, the inscriptions, I really feel like getting to make your perfect build is going to be a lot of the fun after the end game. I mean, after, after you finish the game and you get to the elder game, as they call it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I could, I could understand that. Um, it is going to be fun to try to figure that out. I mean, for those who, aren't so good with the numbers i mean there's going to be probably websites popping up saying this is what you need this is what you look for this is the gear but again that's that's probably part of the fun so the part Devin, where you were talking about where you know being able to benefit your group um that that could be where combos come in you know if you if you and your colossus in um not instigate but um what what's the word that they used ignite um prime initiate Prime? prime prime You lay down the primer, and then you know Steve comes in with the storm, and then and you need two coats, you know, after lights the primer. them all up. Yeah, you know, and and I hope I hope that's part of it. They only mentioned it. They only mentioned it here. Um, Darren only mentioned it when he had a piece of gear that would prime it, and then he had another piece of gear that would ignite it. But I also hope that that can go player to player. You know, so if so if Devin intercepting around lands all these primers on things, and then Steven as he's hovering in the storm. Can ignite it. That's just a cool. I mean, that's just a cool teamwork dynamic where yeah. and I know, think Devin that, shoots through and does all that stuff, and then Steve can. And light I think him we up. know that they, that you can do that because that's what we saw during the EA Play trailer. Is right. when, you know the right. storm primes it with the frost and then goes, and then the combos that we have that they talked about. The Colossus does when he does the Colossus does a combo. Um, it does damage, high damage to a primary target, then it explodes in an AOE. The Ranger does high damage to a single target when it combos, and then the Storm, mm-hmm. when it hits its combo, it actually freezes the primary target, and then it chains Frost to other targets around it, which is pretty cool. And then the Interceptor actually does a, has an aura around it that we saw yeah. um, in the Ben and Mike stream. We actually saw the Interceptor use its combo and gain that aura, and it was cruising around with a lightning bubble around it, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So. And then also, just to continue on, because we have tons of stuff to talk about, they talked about crafting. Crafting is a thing. You're going to be able to craft stuff specifically um, that has random rolls on it. If you're not getting an auto auto rifle drop that you want, you're going to hopefully you're going to have a blueprint. You'll be able to do that. And those actually scale, like Devin said, with your level. So if you find a level mm-hmm. five um, blueprint of justice's wrath or whatever that's going to go that's going to scale with you so if you find it at level five you go to level 20 they said it's gonna um you're gonna be able to make one at level 20 um they didn't clarify you can you can make legendary versions though right they said i think you can up to masterwork or something like that maybe 
Yeah, I and, 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 and just ever, it's all that. alpha, so it's all subject to change. So that'll be pretty interesting. Hopefully, they've got some really cool stuff that you know you can only make this legendary weapon with this blueprint because that gives you, you know, it gives you incentive to go out and search for for crafting gear. And I guess we're going to have that anyway because we're going to be wanting to make the perfect weapon for our build that has that perfect inscription on it. So, right, so cool stuff. I don't, I don't know if they're gonna. Uh, well, sorry, um, I don't know if they're gonna necessarily go the same route but i do remember that with dragon age inquisition um legendary was basically like uh was a tier all of its own like the like masterworks were comparable like the masterworks that you created were sometimes more advantageous you know to make yourselves and they would be they were good because they were tailored by you to your own needs uh but the legendary weapons they were very much set in stone like very consistent like if you had uh, what was it the sword Caliban, which is basically like their version of Excalibur, um, like it had very specific effects. Very specific, like it's it's a very uh, it's a good sword, but it's like if your playstyle doesn't exactly one hundred percent match up with it, it's just a thing you have. So um, I don't know if they're going to go the same route with that because I, I feel like they do because there's a lot of stuff uh, that they seem to be doing with Anthem that they did with Dragon Age Inquisition which makes sense. Um, I thought it would be a little bit more similar to Andromeda, but that make that, you know, like Andromeda wasn't the same team that did Inquisition. It, uh, but Anthem is the same team as Inquisition. So, yeah, it seems like they're taking a lot of great ideas from their own IPs and ideas from everyone that has, has come before in these types of games and they're throwing in their own twist on it and kind of mashing it all together. And we're going to get Anthem and I'm pretty excited for it. So a couple things that we saw come out last week and since the last time that we, we recorded, we got a game awards trailer that featured mm-hmm. the big bad of the game um, that we'll be playing so far. It's, it's the main antagonist of the first part of the game. I'm guessing it's not going to be the only antagonist that we have, but it featured the monitor, the monitor, um, we are told is a pretty bad dude, um, has an idea on how to bring peace to the planet, but it's not exactly the way that the freelancers or the people of the fort would want it to be done. So there's um, that's where our conflict comes in. The monitor has an idea to use the anthem of creation to, to do something bad, I'm guessing. I don't know if it's like, a, hey, if we wipe everything out and we start over, the planet will be better for it. We don't know exactly what its motivations are. But the monitor looks super cool. Um, it was a really cool trailer. We got to see Halleck. We got to see Faye. We got to see a lot of enemies. Um, a giant Ursix being taken down by a ranger javelin. And the javelin just kind of like stepping on its head, acting all cool. Like it's the cool javelin of the group. So we got to see a lot of cool things. We also got to see a new creature called the Fury standing behind the monitor. This looks like some crazy long-armed freaky deaky thing mutated going on mutated by the anthem it do, it looks organic but it also looks like it's got a helmet it's got seals slapped all over it so the dominion is slapping seals on anything that that it can which is kind of scary like i don't want to fight no earth six that's got seals all over it so <laughs> it's a very cool trailer mike gamble actually did a follow-up um video on it that they sent to kind of kind of funny games that they put out and he kind of broke down exactly what's happening who we are, you know, story up to now, and all that stuff. So we'll link that in the video notes. I'm sure everyone has seen it by now, but Mike did a great job breaking that down. And he, good job on Mike. He actually wore a black shirt against the white backdrop this time, so he didn't blend into it. <laughs> Mike's learning about this streaming stuff, so good on you, Mike. And then today, uh, 
this is the thing that I really wanted to talk about. Like, I didn't even want to talk to John today. I just wanted to talk about this trailer. That's not true. Uh, That's not true. Thanks for coming on, John. I appreciate it. So, so IGN, so IGN had a first look today at the Legion of Dawn armor that um, we'll be getting if you pre-order the game or if you sign up for EA Access Premier. So, Devin, I want you to give us a breakdown. Legion of Dawn Edition trailer from IGN. All right, so it was a really good trailer. And me <laughs> describing it is not going to do justice. I have watched it quite a few times. But, you know, it's uh, they're basically talking about... Uh, so it's the freelancers talking about one who, you know, stepped out above the rest right, to go and... Uh, to you, didn't look like we were enslaved, right? They were talking about humanity was enslaved to the creatures of, of Anthem. Well, or, we were or, we were slaves to the chaos. No, so I'll say slaves to the chaos is what it said. And you know, Helen of Tarsus uh, made it possible. Stepped, you know, created. I don't know. It looked like they had honestly. It looked like they had Roman legionnaires. You know, like with shields and and spikes in uh, one of the brief flashback images that we saw. But it's basically, you know. Four javelins in the Legion of Dawn uh, armor, walking into what looks like a temple of some sort, you know, to remember or to honor, you know, her as well as maybe others fell uh, in this giant battle. We don't really know what what's going on. Basically, they talked about her giving her life to give us freedom, right? Right. And uh, it gave me goosebumps, you know, watching this. The music's great. Everything was really, really good. Her armor. Looked awesome. It's you know looks like Colossus. Maybe it's Colossus. I don't know. Um, you know, it could be just like what we talked about with John, where the monitor uh, has a different type of javelin. That uh, you know, maybe her javelin was different than what we currently have. I don't know. Yeah, and, yeah. And the the feelings that are invoked in this thing, like you said, Devin, it's very much like there was a battle constantly going on between humans, between whether it was. Because um, it looked like in one of the steals, it's depicted that someone is stabbing a titan in the chest. So it must be, you know, the people of the world against um, against the world itself until Helena was like, nah, we got to win this war or else we're going to keep fighting. So she steps up. She gets crafted this. I don't, I don't know if it's crafted, but she has this amazing giant sword that, you know, John <laughs> told us we're not going to be so able cool. to wield right now. Uh, maybe we'll be able to wield something like it in the future. But a lot of I mean, the other two swords in that trailer. A lot, yeah, a lot of the other people actually have blades also, and I'm guessing that you know John ma- kind of made it sound that yeah, I mean in the Middle Ages that we were using swords and bows also until you know the technology was such that you know that thing was kind of obsolete. So I'm guessing that this kind of happened also, but. You know, it'd still be cool to be able to wield one of those things. Maybe we just replace our melee if you're the storm or if you're a ranger or whatever. But anyway, that it, it looks like Helena was, you know, the hero that, that we needed then. Um, it's someone that the freelancers look up to. The Legion of Dawn was based off of her. I'm guessing, like, her armor is probably in the Fortress of Dawn. We've seen that in the map. Hopefully it's someplace that we'll be able to go and we'll be able to check out. And, you know... Like every everything about the trailer is like I'm just geeking out about because that's more of the backstory mm-hmm. that you know it makes the world feel alive, lived in. It has history, it has meaning, and it's worth defending because you know if you know your roots, you can build a tree or something like that. Mike, you have thoughts on the Legion of Dawn trailer? 
it was super good uh cinematically it was great um i mean you could do you could do a sweet little short on on that battle that was depicted there um like devin said that armor didn't look like any of the javelins that we have looked very much like a like a medieval knight you know it was just it just looked really good devin was right the music the themes the um, what were they? I think they said it kind of before that the freelancers were down on their luck kind of thing, yep. and had to like move up. Um, but it seems I don't know. Maybe it just seems like more humanity was down on its luck, and and Helena was like, "You're right. Let's let's get this going." She did her thing. It was something we could rally behind, and and so yeah, it was. I mean, it was good. It was a good. It was a good piece of of anthem lore that we could ha- that we have and now we can go back and rewatch a bunch of times because it's just it's good so. and it, and as you know if it's good it's good if it's good it's good so it's good it's good, it's good. so so guys so, yeah. if, if there's nothing else if you guys have all said your piece for the night if you've told me i talked too much enough times I, I think i get it now so um did jd tell us how he felt about that trailer jd did you tell us how you felt no i would you like to tell us I how was, you felt? I was just waiting to be asked. Uh, oh, uh, well, then, <laughs> if you're waiting to be asked on this podcast, J.D., I have there's some news from five you. Five episodes in, J.D., you know <laughs> you're wrong. Yeah, yeah just can't double-check. Step on in. I, I already interrupted Steve twice tonight, and I felt kind of bad. So oh, no, like, oh, my heart. Yeah, I've know been interrupted. Good. Are you serious? Yeah, good. No, um... <laughs> So the, the, the feeling I am uh, offended. The the feeling that I kind of got from the trailer, well one, um to the rest of you three, welcome to a Bioware game with their level of world building. Don't um, you dare go that I'm just kidding. Like this this is like this is the their level of world building has always been what has drawn me into every one of their games. Um and this is just another example of it, like just a small taste of what we're going to see. Uh in the uh, in the campaign story, or what was it? The uh, they have a specific name for the campaign for like the like the critical path. Yep, I think that's it. Yeah, the critical path proper. Um, all I know is that the kind of feeling that I got from looking at Helena, well, uh, Helena Tarsus's like suit, um, it kind of felt to me like it might actually be like um, a prototype for all four javelins in a way. Because we saw her, we saw her wielding. You know, like it was a, it was a melee kind of build, like the interceptor. It was big, like the Colossus. It had some ranger designs, kind of going on in, uh, with it, and then it was also kind of wielding lightning as well. So, I don't know. It it, it may it may be like I, I feel like that javelin is so complex that I don't I think, think it could ever be successfully. What was that? You think ours are watered down versions? I I actually do. I, I think that her javelin, like they probably poured a bunch of resources into just that because they were pro- she was probably their best hope. And I, I think that because they poured so many resources into it, it's not something that they could recreate easily. However, they could recreate aspects of it or other javelins that are capable of certain things. So kind of like, um, you know, like reverse engineering it. You know, like some of this, like some of this art of javelin making was lost. Um, you know, with the Fortress of Dawn. So we don't know who exactly here uh, is able to, like, you know, make what from, uh, or how they exactly resumed making javelins. So if they maybe learned how to make the Ranger from this thing, 
uh, Ranger basically being a watered down of being rounded out, uh, like this suit was able to do without necessarily being like, you know, a jack of all trades, master of none. This thing looks like it was a master of all trades. Um, I'm sure maybe the storm, well, the storm probably, the Dominion maybe picked up some ideas from it as well, considering that it was wielding lightning. And then the, just the sheer bulk and power of it, um, it's very uh, reminiscent of the Colossus. So I, I think that certain things, like this might be the origin point um, that was just too hard to recreate on its own uh, on a consistent basis. You know, like the difference between a prototype and a production model, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be definitely interesting to see because I, I, I think it was personal. I think it was a Colossus, and that was kind of the basis for that. But and then yeah, maybe you just couldn't build too many of them. So it's like, hey, we got to make these smaller because we can't put this much armor on things. And maybe they just didn't need it after that. After they won the war, they were able to live in peace for a little bit. So, guys, well, I mean, one more thing, right? So, one more thing. These two jobs. <laughs> the monitor, right? So John said his is different. Hers is different. Maybe all the Legion of Dawn, their javelins were were different and not what we're used to. Right? It was over hundred something years ago, basically, in, in the lore and the story from the Legion of Dawn, and we don't know what broke up and and this and that, but we know the Monitor was from the Legion of Dawn, right? Legion Victory. We, do did you say we do know that the Monitor was from the Legion? I of thought Dawn? the Monitor was from like the Dominion broke off from uh, the Legion of Dawn, right? All the different groups broke off from the Legion of Dawn. I thought this was. Did you think this? Where, is, where I, came from. I don't know. I don't know if that, that is. That would be cool. That would definitely be cool um, if that were if that were true because it definitely seems like the <laughs> world was the enemy itself before uh, Helena Tarsus, but after Helena Tarsus, it seems like that's when we got the Freelancers, the Sentinels, and then the Dominion. Yeah. Like yeah, I thought they all broke now. off. From the Legion of Dawn. I'm not 100% sure on that, so I don't know. I I but believe you. Sense. I guess if the if they if she founded the Legion and she freed the people, maybe that's their origin point from being a group of, you know, a small group of people trying to fight for survival. So I don't know. We'll have to do some research. We'll have to break some NDAs. So, guys, and I, and I think we went through this whole episode without even breaking an NDA. Like, I might have broken my iTunes NDA during this episode. I'm not sure. I never read it. I did read the NDA for the Alpha, though. So, you know, if there's nothing else, guys, I think we, we went a little bit longer than we intended because we're going to attack on, because we talked with John. So, man, we covered a lot of ground, and they've released a lot of stuff recently. I think they're probably going to go dark for the holidays, which they deserve it. I hope the whole team gets a lot of rest. Um, get ready yeah. to come back for the for the VIP demo on the 25th of January because that's coming up soon. So... Guys, until next time, I think there's a Shaper Storm getting very, very close on the horizon. Mm -hmm. So we'll see you on the other side. Peace. Peace. Bye-bye. I usually have this queued up, but I totally forgot. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Freelancer Codex, on Facebook at Freelancer Codex, or through email at FreelancerCodex at gmail.com. And if you've gotten this far, and I just remembered, we're, we're now on Spotify. If you listen on Spotify, you can find us there, which is pretty cool, I think. Anyway. Thanks for listening. No, maybe we'll just end it there so I don't have to play through this whole thing again. I think I should have just paused it instead of uh, starting it over. And Michael, Michael has just <laughs> left. I think he sent a clear message to us on episode... 
What episode are we on? 65? 65. Well, until next time, maybe we'll see Mike on the other side. Later.